Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from the quote by D.T. Niles, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week, we recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week, we bring you Jesus the Wine Guy. And with that, this is Luke here in Wisconsin, and of course, always here with my co-host, Nick, in North Carolina. How's it going, Nick? Hello. It's going well. It's going well. Just yeah, recording, that's good. having a good time in the, I guess, midpoint of season three, which is crazy to think about. Right? That is crazy. And, oh, yeah, and we got our, our Patreon bonus episode coming out now in April here. Uh, this isn't about golf which will actually be the first episode where we recommend an album of music. Uh, we are not producing an album of music. That'd be, I would be very interested to see what genre Nick and I would produce, but uh, <laughs> that's not actually what we're doing. I don't What know. do you think, Nick? What what genre? <laughs> I'm just trying to like fathom what that would look like. It would be... Oh, no. Wait, what's the name of the guy that you really like that looks just like you that was like... Keith, Keith Green? Green, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's the so it'd bomb. So be a mixture of like Keith Green and rap music that I can't spit. You put this love in my dude. Keith Green is a baller. Um, also, he's got great hair. And someone, oh yeah, I already I posted this on Facebook a little while back, but someone, someone said that my hair reminds them of Keith Green, and I consider that a great honor. Anyway, if you're wondering who Keith Green is, he did. Um, but he's really cool. Um, he he actually died a very early death. Um, but we're not actually here to talk about Keith Green today. We're talking about a film uh, called Corpus Christi. And for those of you who don't know, Nick is a quite a, a film buff. So he he has he has quite the sophisticated, nuanced understanding of film. And so we're actually really lucky to have him recommending films for this podcast because i i certainly would not have anything i'd be like oh let's watch marvel (laughs) (laughs) and i would say no although actually that's not true there would be one film in particular that would be fun talking about because i actually had a friend that wrote this whole analysis of it and it'd be fun to just like bring her on and be like hey you want to talk about this movie that you're really passionate about um because i also like found it to be very fascinating as well it was in phase three as a hint for all those Marvelites out there. Ooh. Marvelites. I made that up. And for the record, I had to like I had to like twist Nick's arm to watch Endgame. I was like, I'll watch this movie if you watch Endgame. And he did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I ended up watching anyway. it because I was sick and I had nothing else to do. But I still did it. Oh, I still that did just it. makes it sound worse. Anyway, what <laughs> tell us, Nick, tell us why uh this international polish film uh tell us more about this corpus christi and and why you recommended it. yeah so uh corpus christi came out in 2019 and it's actually available i found it initially on the criterion channel which is essentially the streaming service that also restores old movies and promotes new films kind of like in the i guess you would consider it to be like in the art house scene but at the same time, like they do have a whole bunch of old movies, like international films all across and even like classic American cinema as well for people that are, are interested in that. Um, but that's how I found out about this movie, because I had been waiting for a while for it to come out or 
some alternative means of watching it. And then I found it on there as a streaming device. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'll check it out. And it's also available on Amazon Prime to rent for, I think, like $3. So it's really not that bad. And definitely something that, as many people know, we are recommending for this podcast episode. Um, Indeed. But yeah, so it's essentially a Polish film about an ex-con pretending to be a priest for a local village that can't seem to forgive the tragedy that had occurred there in the recent past. So something really traumatic had happened. And this guy comes on the scene as basically an imposter and it's just a really fascinating story. And it even tackles such themes as like, you know, redemption, forgiveness. And for me, what I saw most prevalently was like the presence of God and like the least likely of people that by society standards, people would consider to be like the outcast or like even within the context of like that film and like the geographic region or sociocultural political context. Um, like he's an ex-con and so he's kind of like ostracized from society and he's not even allowed to attend um, a seminary there actually. And that's what ends up getting him into that little lie saying like, oh yeah, I'm a priest totally. And then he just kind of falls right. down the rabbit hole of having to deal with all that. And they actually, even at one point he tries to like jump out the window to like escape. Like as soon as they like basically say like, oh yeah, you're a priest. Okay, cool. Come meet like the local vector or Whatever your um is it a rector? Vicar. Is that Oh yeah. Rector is uh like the person who's in charge of that respective parish. So you're you're probably right. Not not vicar. I think I got that one. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure I was wrong, but that makes more sense. <laughs> but yeah, so like it's just like it was a funny opening, at least like initially it's like you're working your way through the beginning of that first part of the film. Um But like other than like those themes, um this podcast episode is going to really focus predominantly on corpus christi's portrayal of prayer um and how even from the very beginning like as he's celebrating mass in the juvenile detention facility uh his priest is very explicitly expressing that prayer is not mechanical um which i think for me i found to be very powerful in that within the con like this is said within the context of a very high church tradition and I guess my initial response to it was thinking that as a like low church evangelical or as having grown up as a low church evangelical, it just seemed like liturgy seemed systematically mechanized in nature or something like impersonal to a degree. Um, and so I think the movie does a really good job in fleshing out the nuances of it and that there can be like this quote unquote freshness within tradition Yeah, I, and it's it's funny too as you're responding to this film as well, because and I I grew up in a church that was uh, well it's interesting when we talk about liturgy because that's really what we we're kind of dancing around right now thinking about prayer and this movie. Uh, liturgy is this sort of order of service, so in a sense, like every church does have liturgy, you know, regardless if you are quote-unquote low or high church um everybody's got an order of service you know whether it be a couple worship songs and a sermon and then a couple worship songs or if it's a couple worship songs the reading of the gospel um you know then a small sermon the eucharist or the communion like either way there's an order um but certainly yeah i, I definitely there's 
there's definitely things to wrestle with um and just different i almost think about i was thinking about this as we were preparing for this podcast of how often i'll think about different denominations of the church almost as like my extended family in the sense that like when i go to my cousin's house they're just going to do things differently than me and that's okay obviously you know if there's like um if there's a denomination or or church that is you know denies the divinity of christ or the authority of scripture obviously there's some more things to wrestle than just a simple oh people just do things differently but but for a lot of things it's like as you go to these different um places of worship um there's a lot to learn even in the discomfort but i don't know i i just kind of went on a talking not necessarily directly in relation to the film but um I did. Oh, I did want to say. Okay, now I'm just now I'm just gonna go for it anyway. <laughs> do it. Do whenever, it. with this is something. Whenever thinking about worship, in and this is so this is a, a Catholic setting in the in the film, um, and thinking about different forms of worship, emphasizing imminence or this kind of proximity to Christ, this kind of closeness, intimacy. Um, a sense of like, I can talk with Jesus about anything, which is actually where we got the title of this, this podcast episode. Cause there's a, there's a passage in scripture I wanted to share about prayer that recently the, the translation, I, I had never heard someone interpret the way they did. And so I want to share that, but on the other end of imminence is transcendence. And not only is this sometimes in the ordering of the service, but also in the actual architecture. So I, I read this this article by uh, sociologist Professor Brian Miller at Wheaton College, and also I think it was also written with Robert Brenneman at St. Michael's College. And the name of the article is When Bricks Matter. It came out in 2016 in Sociology of Religion. And it was so fascinating, this, this certain passage especially. They were talking about the actual architecture of uh, Pentecostal, uh, churches and by, there was a specific theologian in Mexico, uh, Daniel, I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it's Chiquete. I'm not sure. Um, but he's, he's saying that in this area that he was looking at, this Sinaloa, I'm going to butcher this as well, Sinaloa region, they they tend to construct their sanctuaries according to a one to 1.5 ratio, talking about like uh depth and width so the sense of like more of like a box rather than like an an elongated rectangular ratio of one one to four one to five used by catholic churches in the same region and they go on to talk about how these pentecostal churches they compare it to like a phalanx in ancient rome where soldiers are able to call out to one another to build enthusiasm um to have that tighter proximity there's a collective sense of solidarity and that would be very much so in this league of thought about imminence the sense of christ is near our worship is intimate with god and with one another whereas a catholic um parish and particularly if you want the extreme of this it'd be like a gothic cathedral like if you've in north carolina if you guys have ever been to duke and you just walked around on campus all these buildings are really tall because the whole intention is to look up this sense of trans, uh, transcendence, this guy, this idea that God is 
grand and majestic and and someone to worship in awe at a distance almost um so anyway that was that was my little rant for this <laughs> thinking about all this well, i think it's good because i, I mean i know i've even read articles about actually it might have been written by paul schrader who actually ironically enough he wrote taxi driver um and then he also came out with a recent film that we might talk about in the future um that also deals with faith in a very interesting way you know i think he actually directed that one as well but i won't talk too much about that one because <laughs> that's a potential resource for the future right and yeah he actually explicitly like, he talks about how like the structure of even film is important the way in which it conveys ideas or expresses itself um and then he also explains how like even there's certain types of films that echo that type of like architecture that has like an intentional focus on drawing the um participant or the listener or the reader into that kind of sacred space um so it's very it's very it's a very interesting article let's just say that much and he ties it in with a certain style um it's called transcendental style in cinema and while this film that we're talking about doesn't necessarily incorporate any of those ideals um it's definitely interesting to talk about as far as like prayers concerned and um just that like communion with god in particular yeah and yeah it's so interesting about oh i should just i should mention the passage before i forget about it with communion with god um where we got i just thought of this title for this episode um after watching this movie and thinking about it, it just feels like such an honest film like i think you know i'm <laughs> talking about marvel earlier like i enjoy action film sequences and and humor and all those things but this film has an honesty that just is like it's not necessarily here to entertain you and there and there's some grit to it like just to be um full disclosure for those who are sensitive to different areas there there's a lot of language there is um some nudity there is a a sex scene and there is some violence so just to let you know ahead of time as you're considering watching it um just wanted to let you know that ahead of time but as i was thinking about kind of this this honesty of the film it got me thinking about this passage recently a preacher alan hood i've been watching kind of this teaching series at a, at a small group i'm in was talking about in the gospel of john chapter 2 um, where jesus is at a wedding at cana in galilee and i'm just going to read a little bit and the mother of jesus was there jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples when the wine ran out the mother of jesus said to him so mary they have no wine and jesus said to her woman what does this have to do with me my hour has not yet come his mother said to the servants do whatever he tells you and then it goes on about how jesus had these six stone water jars and changed the water into wine and if you're familiar with that then the the wine is brought out and the fascinating thing about this passage that alan is pointing out is that mary as she's speaking to god to jesus you know god incarnate fully god fully man and jesus says what does this have to do with me instead of just leaving the conversation end mary responds by just saying to the servants do whatever he tells you presuming that jesus will do something and 
the way that he draws out this passage is Mary knows Jesus so well that she knows that all like any anyone's problem, her problem is Jesus's problem. He takes it into his his life. He takes those problems. And that I think was was the, the sort of honesty of Mary just saying like she's not playing any games. She's just like to the servants, do what he tells you. Like she just presumes Jesus is going to care about my problem because he cares about all my problems. Like she knows him that well. And anyway, that it, that sort of honesty, it, it kind of reminded me after I was watching this film and because it, it was a fresh passage interpretation I hadn't heard before. Yeah, that's no, definitely really fascinating. And I think it does do justice to talk about it when we're talking about this film, right? Because I think when people consider or even like hear, you know, the term Christian genre or like a Christian film, it it sparks like this image of, you know, certain rather, uh, I would guess like it's a very superficial style of storytelling, in my opinion, as far as like filmmaking goes, that I think a lot of critics will also agree with in that it doesn't get to like the true heart of humanity and in a way that this film does when it's discussing Christianity in a very like authentic, genuine way. And like, I find this review by, I think it's a Hollywood reporter where they're describing it um, to be very like relevant in this discussion. Right. And so it goes like this. There's a visual command and a compelling intimacy to the storytelling plus intellectual engagement in the reflection on who gets to claim nearness to God. Daniel keeps us guessing about whether religion is a mere escape for him or a true spiritual transformation in a world where forgiveness doesn't come easy. And so, like, I mean, ultimately, they touch on a very important point here that faith is a very messy thing. And I think as both you and I have seen the film, right, that this character, the protagonist, Daniel, he portrays in in such a nuanced way that it really is hard to tell whether you know, it's this notion of individual transformation or simply like the means by which God is like reconciling that local community, which I mean, is a big picture, I guess the biggest picture of the gospel when like communities wrought with hostilities and factions and divides are united through love. So it's, it's a whole lot of things happening at once. And for people that aren't like necessarily used to seeing films like that, it can be fairly, I mean, to a degree overwhelming. Um, But I think it just goes to show that within cinema we can find authentic portrayals of the human heart and like faith in a way that can grapple with people rather than just merely evangelizing on a level that's kind of just catering to one particular demographic rather than going to like a deeper existential mode of like questioning thought as you're watching the film yeah, I do. And I think as someone who I I certainly do not have as in-depth of a a kind of what's the right word? Almost like a I I was I know I was kind of jokingly like referring to as sophisticated and nuanced, but actually truly like there's a sense in which the media that I have consumed like just for entertainment does not typically have multiple intense like layers to it of just analyzing things so i think when you said they might be overwhelmed i was like yeah i don't even know for me like and it may perhaps i have consumed some more 
you know, intense uh, entertainment. But I would say, like, there was just part of it I was kind of confused. I'm like, so what's this dude's deal? Like, is he, <laughs> is he, is he all in? You know, is he all committed to his faith here? Or is he just faking it and he's faking it really well? And I think, I, I like the way, I'm glad you pulled in that Hollywood Reporter thing because. I think the way they talk about it, like it keeps us guessing. I, I think it just feels very relatable to, to like real life. It's like, man, some days it's like, oh yeah, Christianity is the best. I love hanging out with Jesus. And some days it's like, oh man, like this is kind of a chore. Yeah. And I mean, even like the protagonist himself kind of embody, like, like you said, he embodies that so well in this really like realistic, genuine down to earth person. That's really like, in a way, engaging with that community in ways that maybe perhaps they hadn't seen before. So there's something revitalizing and energizing about that particular engagement of like reconciliation. But at the same time, he's also doing these things that we might not necessarily agree with or find to be like, you know, within a certain level of orthodoxy. So it's like a, it's an interesting blend and it takes a lot more thought than maybe most other films you might consider. Um, watching which is why like you know i think it's a good recommendation because it challenges people to view things and particularly like view faith in a more complex way because you can't necessarily i mean well okay to be fair like as a general side note the let's say van gogh for example like he was a missionary to minors right and so like he really marveled in and respected like the simple faith of them even though it was fraught with various things that might have needed to get corrected through some, you know, doctrine or whatever, right? But there was something really genuine and real about their faith that transformed him too and really motivated him to pursue Jesus and the Christian faith in spite of what he perceived to be kind of the, like, deadness of the church at that time. Yeah. Yeah, those minors, you know, all those under 18 people no oh I'm, my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry i was like Were you just waiting you for that? That? I was like i was like no i mean and that's where my brain went i was like minors and then i was like what is he oh yeah duh minors. <laughs> coal like, miners coal like miners pickaxe. yeah or at least i'm pretty sure they were coal miners <laughs> i was like man those youth but actually that probably would work too but anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> different episode different episode indeed well uh, before we finish up here, um, Nick, I think you, you have a co-listener, or not listener, co-film uh, critiquist? Participant. <laughs> it's, Participant. Yeah, oh, let's God. just say, I think film is an experience that you can't, you have to be actively engaged in it, right? I mean, you could like, you know, just passively watch it, but if you want true, like, cinematic experience, like, you have to grapple with it and engage with it on, a, like, a, you know no distractions level right but i will say ashley from north carolina says regarding corpus christi that corpus christi was hopeful and even somewhat uplifting but in a melancholy way i was captivated by how throughout the film there was present no unsympathetic characters everyone in it is majorly flawed but in a way this was almost something for the viewer to bond with them over the same is true for the characters and their relationships with each other Human depravity plays a significant role within this film, 
But at the same time, with just a little bit of digging, you get to understand even the biggest human outliers and why they're the way they are. So thank you, Ashley from North Carolina, for your very insightful words regarding the film. And I think it was a good, it was a good comment, good commentary. Yeah, it was. I, I was really appreciate it. Sometimes I'm like these co-listeners, Nick. I'm like, dang, they, they, they get to write together and write a book, and I would buy that book. Yeah, but for anyway. real. <laughs> Just be like, don't be intimidated if you're sitting there going, I don't want to be a co-listener. That sounds like you have to be so smart. Hey, you can you can uh, write just just your honest reflections. They don't have to be fancy. We would love to have you as a co-listener. Yeah, I mean, I but think anything would anyway. be great because we definitely enjoy hearing from people, hearing how like the stuff that we're recommending them is transforming or even challenging how they're perceiving of certain things within society, like their previously conceived notions of um, truth, for example, right? And so, definitely, please continue talking to us and messaging us and carrying on those hard conversations absolutely and of course the title for next week we'll be back next week indeed with yoda's origin story we're excited to see you guys next week talk to you later